0: The Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. Today is Youth Day, and to speak to us is our youth pastor, Pastor Russell Lewars. But before Pastor Lewars speak, we'll have a scripture reading by Jenkins W, followed by a song of meditation by our youth choir. If you'd like a copy of this message, you can call us at 702-647-2627 or you can download the sermon on our website at www.abundantlife.lv.org. Thank you.
1: Today's scripture is going to be in Matthew 6:19 to 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth uh, corrupt and where thieves break through and still. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and still. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. are there any of our community family that uh, come to our heavenly grocery store with us today? any of our visitors? wonderful good to have you Okay, wonderful good to have you how many of our members have been to our heavens grocery store yes you're enjoying it God will supply in a certain way that's the
0: name of this song we're doing he will supply how many of you believe the Lord will supply has he supplied for you this week I know he has supplied for me, and I know he's going to supply some more for me because I'm going to trust and have faith in him. Even though things look a little rough, I'm going to trust that the Lord will keep his promise and truly supply. Thank you Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall forever be on my lips. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to thank the youth choir. First of all, I want to thank Pastor O'Bannon for coordinating so well with commitment and alacrity. And won't you give the choir an amen, please? thank my wife for being such a huge support in this ministry heaven is rejoicing today amen baptism people are giving their lives to the Lord and we ought to praise him for that Because the Lord is good. He certainly will supply. He will supply. Why won't you pray with me for a moment? Father, I thank you for being so good. Father, I'm here standing standing before your people to say a word on your behalf. Holy Spirit, rain down upon me now and upon your people so their hearts may be receptive. Father, I'll be careful that you receive all the glory and all the praise that God's people say, Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles. First Kings, the 14th chapter. First Kings, the 14th chapter. And I want to welcome our KKVV listening audience as well. You grab your Bibles and join us here at Abundant Life as we look at His, his Word. 1st Kings chapter 14, verse 25. And the Bible says, now it happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak king of Egypt came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. And the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away all the gold shields which Solomon had made. Then King Rehoboam made bronze shields in their place and committed them to the hands of the captains of the guards who guarded the doorway of the king's house. So and so it was whenever the king went into the house of the Lord that the guards carried them then brought them back into the guard chamber. Little message today that I have to share with you, entitled "Of Treasures and Shields." Of Treasures and Shields." On the 5th of October, 2007, at 4:40 p.m, Marion's Jones, Marion Jones, rather, her voice never wavered her reserve never faltered as the words rang out in the silent stately courtroom she was a liar and a cheat she told the judge her eyes never string from her face from his face and so ended years of angry denials by one of the world's most celebrated athletes. The owner of three Olympic gold and two bronze medals, Jones came clean that Friday and admitted she used steroids. She pleaded guilty to lying to federal investigators when she denied using performance-enhancing drugs, then announced her retirement in a tearful apology outside the U.S. District Court. She says, and I quote, It is with a great amount of shame that I stand before you and tell you that I have betrayed your trust her voice cracking as her mother stood behind her, a strong and supportive hand on her shoulder. I have been dishonest, and you have the right to be angry with me. I have let my family down, my country down, and I've let myself down, pausing frequently to regain her composure. I recognize, but... Saying, I am deeply sorry it might not be enough and sufficient to address the pain and hurt that I've caused you. Therefore, I want to ask for your forgiveness for my actions. And I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. The world may never forget. And even if the world would not forgive God heard this plea of repentance. Rehoboam reminds us that unflinching faithfulness to God prevents a multitude of sins. I'll say it again. Rehoboam reminds us that unflinching faithfulness to God prevents a multitude of sins of sins. One may say that Rehoboam never had a fair start. Growing up in what many would call the modern day Hugh Hefner's mansion, his father Solomon had many women, more women at his leisure than the days of the year. Some would venture to say that God is unfair to expect anything else Moreover, Rehoboam's mother was an Ammonitess, or simply a non-Adventist. Twice, the scripture mentions this fact in verse 21 and verse 31. It says at the end, verse 21, his mother's name was Nehemiah and Ammonitess. Verse 31, verse 31 so Rehoboam rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His mother's name was Naamah and Ammonites. So that you would not forget the influence of his mother upon his life. But did he have a choice, church? Did he have a choice? I mean, it's in his genes, they say. Could he choose? Well, that's the question I asked the text, thinking of my own father and thinking of the decisions that I would have to make for the future. But then 2 Chronicles 12 verse 14. 2 Chronicles 12 verse 14. I'll wait for you. 2nd Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 14. Samuel King's Chronicles. 2nd Chronicles chapter 12 and 14. What What does it say? Let's see what it says about Rehoboam's decision determined destiny. Let's see. The Bible says he did what? He did evil because he had not set his heart on seeking the Lord. Rehoboam had a choice. Rehoboam could have made a decision. There are some who feel that they can somehow turn back or revoke what God has required. And yes, God means what he says. If he says, you should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, that's what God means. That's what he means. Maybe they are not Adventists. And I am just addressing the question that I'm often asked from time to time. Pastor she's nice she's a good moral sister how do you feel about that pastor well let me embellish a little further for the question's sake and this is a question that will always come back to us they see the seeds of discord experienced in marriage were planted way before marriage what do I mean this is what I mean marriage does not and probably not will change how you view a woman for instance when you're married to her all right it's youth day so let me demonstrate something here all right demonstrate a little illustration mama always say to do something like that jazz come forward i got a snicker bar here (laughs) snicker bar you had breakfast amen hallelujah (laughs) all right jazz this snicker bar right and you are the male i wanted to wolf this down Wolf it down, Jazz. It's all right. Wolf it down. Do what you can. (laughs) Is it good? It's all right. Okay. Thank you, Jazz. Have a seat. Now, how many Snicker bars do you think, Jazz? Put it away, Jazz. You know. how many snicker bars do you think jazz could have at one time Hmm? see one at a time one at a time but i if i give him the whole box of snicker bars he wouldn't be able to finish the snicker bars in fact after a couple of snicker bars his appetite would have changed see You see, you didn't notice something. When I told him to wolf it down, he tore the wrapper away viciously. (laughs) He didn't care where the wrapper went. See, after a while, after a while, having gone through Snickers after Snickers, see the wrapper bar, the wrapper for the bar means nothing. See, young men, single men, you see, I got to say young, single men because some of the young men think they're married already. All right? But if we didn't do it here, you know, Dr. Rock didn't do it here, then you're not married. You're still single. The point I'm trying to make, young men, you can't treat the ladies like a snicker bar. (laughs) See, when, when you get into marriage, your appetite. You see, when you get married, some people think that after they have gone through all of that, then when they get married, suddenly their appetite has changed. A miracle can occur. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get me wrong. What I'm saying simply is this. The seeds you plant early during your life are the seeds, the fruits you're going to reap later on in life. So I got something for the ladies, but I'm not going to invite them. All right? What's this? It's a lollipop, right? You can't treat every guy you meet like a lollipop. All right? I won't ask anybody to bring that. Put back my lollipop. All right. The point I'm trying to make is, okay, take take your time. You got your life ahead of you. If you can't handle hooked on phonics, and you can't handle algebra, you can't handle a relationship. And this is what I mean. Let me tell you what I mean. You see this relationship business, this dating business full-time. It's a full-time experience. Books and boys don't work. I learned in school early that Greek and girls don't work. So I had to sacrifice, see, see. And when I started, I'll share a little testimony. When I started uh, 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 undergrad, uh, university, my first year, nobody told me that, 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 that girls, they love freshmen, see. Freshmen, right? All right. Yeah, freshmen, right? sophomore junior and senior right yeah yeah right nobody told me that right 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 right. so so i got there and thinking thinking i'm i'm okay and i got my heart broken i tell you viciously to the point where 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 you know i i i can't go too much because my wife is here and you know you can't (laughs) embellish too much on these things but praise god amen amen Amen, amen. So, 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 so much so that I went to bed after I got that news, brothers and sisters, my youth. I just went to bed. I wanted nothing to eat for days. You have to take your time, you have your life ahead of you. No, no, no. But you see, Rehoboam here is telling us a story. And I want us to understand Rehoboam's psyche, what is going on around Rehoboam. And why would God allow Shishak, a pagan pharaoh, a pagan king, to go and attack his chosen people? Why? Why would God allow this atrocity in the land? Well, The Bible says that in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shisha, king of Egypt, invaded Judah. Often we wonder why God treats his chosen without impunity or exemption from tragedy, loss, or even deception. Few people, my brothers and sisters today, are willing to admit that God will remove his protective power for a season so that someone may remember the source of our existence. Ah, maybe, maybe he had to pull that job from under you so that you, would, you could get, he could get your attention. You know, the Lord knows some, some folk only pray when they are between a rock and a hard place. Or simply when they are just in need. You see, little by little, my brothers and sisters, Rehoboam gave way to inherited weakness. Trusted in the power of position... Trusted his companions, his friends, buddies, and then total submission to the side of idolatry. Verse 22 and 24. Verse 22, 24. Now Judah did what? Evil in the sight of the Lord. And they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they committed more than all that their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places, sacred pillars, and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. And there were also perverted persons in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations which all the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Little by little, Judah, Judah rather did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They worshipped idols and they were kedashim if you please in the land. Kedashim in the land, homosexuals, male prostitutes saying that the Christian church should not only accept them but marry them. California has always had fruits and nuts. <laughs> and I saw just a week ago that they celebrated passing that they could get married now i like the u.s. because we can freely talk about the sins of the people and we're not persecuted now if you go up to canada be very careful what you say be very careful what you say about what the bible says in fact they're saying in canada right now that they would hope to change portions of the scripture to match In support of the lifestyle that our brothers and sisters are living. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, we were created for worship. And there will never be an independent group when it comes to the kingdom of God. Everyone has a God. And it may not be carved out in stone, but that which you commit to unreservedly may be just The G-O-D in your life. Understand that by the sins they committed, they stirred up the jealousy of God. Oprah Winfrey says she can't understand how God can be jealous. Can God be jealous? Let's talk about that. Yahweh's jealousy is the expectation of undiluted loyalty. What did I say? Undiluted loyalty, specified by the first commandment. It is God's demand to be worshipped. God's jealousy is a part of his holiness. Exodus 34, 14. Write it down, and is demanded by what he is. He's a holy God. So it is justified by the fact that it comes only upon those who haven't promised to have no God but Him, have gone back on. Their promise. In other words, in other words, he will only tolerate worship for himself and none other, or nothing other than him. God, out of his mercy, like he always does, tries to get the attention of, of people, and with Rehoboam, he touched him where it mattered the most. You see, not everyone responds to the gospel or the voice of the Lord the same way. And when you're doing Bible work, you'll find that. You could preach hell and fire and do what you want. It won't matter to some people. It won't matter. Some people, as soon as you give them the thus said, the Lord, hallelujah, pastor, let's do it. When can we water be ready? I want to be ready immediately. So God had to get the attention of Rehoboam, his money. The riches of the kingdom. These had blinded Rehoboam to the blatant sins of his kingdom. Verse 26. Verse 26. Three times the Bible mentions the sentence, The Lord took away. The Lord took away. The Lord took away. In other words, the Lord stripped him of that which mattered the most. And this underscored that Shishak, listen to me, Shishak also took away the gold shields that Solomon had made. So he took away, he took away, he took away, and then the Bible says, and also the shields that Solomon had made. Well, why is this so significant? Gold shields are a treasured commodity. And Shishak's capture makes it symbolic of the removal of God's protective presence. Like so many others before him, due to the gravity of the circumstances, he was sorry. But when he was established, he went back to the gutter lifestyle. You know people like that? They get in a bind. And as soon as the Lord released them, they're happy again. Give them a couple of months, down the lane again they go. <laughs> know some people like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, God knew the mind of Rehoboam. God knew the mind of yet rehoboam And the, the Bible also tells us that Rehoboam repented for him a season. Just for a season. Lord, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Give me a chance, one chance, and I'll serve you, I'll I'll live for you, I'll commit to you. But what does Rehoboam do? Well, Shishak took away the gold shields that represented the presence of God in Judah. But like some people, you know, they just can't learn. So what did he do? He carved out another set of shields. But someone needed to tell Rehoboam that there's a difference between gold and there's a difference between, between gold and bronze. So I looked at that and I said, Lord, what are you saying here? The shields that Solomon made never had inherent or power of themselves. They were symbolic of the power and might of the living God. But here is Rehoboam creating a facade A what church? A facade of genuine commitment to God. And that's just what many Christians are doing today. Yes? From a distance, polished bronze could pass for gold. Polished bronze looks like gold from a distance. Yeah, but only from a distance. You see, sin makes the gold become dim. Changes the most fine gold into bronze. Now we see this play out daily. At your workplace, you know that you're the subject of the conversation. But when you get there, everybody smiles. But God, God is never fond of counterfeit. Like noise substituted for, work or for praise. Quietude in place of reverence zeal substituted for the knowledge of spiritual things offering instead of obedience reason for truth and before you know it your shield is gone and every now and then some people say the you should not be pushed and there's a difference between being pushed and encouraged But it appears no matter how lovingly the truth is shared, it almost seems to elicit the same feelings that were directed to Christ. So I ask the question, why not? You know, everybody gets their fan mail, right? Yeah, all right, let me share. Pastor Rock, Dr. Rock, he gets his fan mail. People tell him, ask questions and give suggestions. I don't know if Pastor O'Bannon is getting any fan mail yet. But I get my fan mail, and if I, I, things go even further, I, I may even get a little letter on the chalkboard telling me how things should go and how I should encourage the youth. Well, most spiritual inclined teenagers aren't being pushed enough to go deeper. They are pushed by their teachers, pushed by coaches, pushed by employers, pushed by parents. About the only place where they aren't being pushed is in the church. The Lord is ever waiting to enter your heart and only leaves your door when you refuse to let him in. Church, let me talk to you. We play the role of prophet and we encourage and push them to choose to obey Christ by reminding them and re-reminding them of the consequences and rewards. James 1 verse 22 says they must not only be hearers of the word but doers also. And it is a spiritual problem. And a number of these Precious soul behind me and before me will leave the church and a number of them won't come back. You know why? Some people feel that spirituality is like a gear in an automatic car. Alright? So you're in park P. And when you're ready, you just put it in F's. Spirituality. It never works like that. Spirituality has to be nurtured. With discipline. It takes time. And my Bible tells me that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. How do you know you are experiencing growth? It is when obedience to God's word and will becomes consistent. What is obedience? Obedience is simply putting the truth, applying the truth to your life. That's what it is. Obedience. It's not just commandment keeping. It's whatever principle or truth it is. You apply it to your life. You know that your spirituality is not where it's supposed to be when it's like a stagnant pool of water. When knowledge of the scripture is not applied to everyday life. Harboring thoughts of anger, hate you know that fake smile and call and shake and before you know it another shield is gone. Spending more time with you, me and I that's the same you (laughs) and another shield is gone. Far too many say they don't or used to have worship in the home and even say it's okay to complete assignments on Sabbath cause it's the only time we've got. When prayer is neglected, another shield is gone. Let me read a little something from my favorite book, all right? Steps to Christ, page 95, or if you have steps to Jesus, is the same thing. Listen, quote, the darkness of the evil one encloses those who neglect to pray. The whispered temptations of the enemy entice them to sin, and it is all because they do not make use of the privileges that God has given them in the divine appointment of prayer. Why should the sons and daughters of God be reluctant to pray? When prayer is the key in the hand of faith to unlock heaven's storehouse, where are treasured the boundless resources of omnipotence. Without unceasing prayer and diligent watching, we are in danger of growing careless and of deviating from the right path. The adversary seeks continually to obstruct the way to the mercy seat that we may not, by earnest supplication and faith, obtain grace and power to resist temptation. You want to know how to resist temptation? Get down on your knees and pray. Not, 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 not not when you're in trouble, but, but pray now before the trouble comes. Rehoboam's shield was wrapped up in his treasured 18 wives and 60 concubines and treasured friends and treasured things. His treasure became his shield. And when he was under attack, he was naked and defenseless. Every now and then I meet people who would rather sell their souls to the devil at a discount than surrender to the Savior for free. Like Lot's wife favored the flare and flames of Sodom. They chose a golden calf for the living God at Sinai. Achan chose to be stoned for it. Gehazi, Elijah's servant, lied for it. The rich young ruler cried for it. Ananias and Sapphira died for it. They defiled the holy temple for it. Judas committed suicide for it. Message today, when you have got the shield of the Lord, when you have got the shield of the Lord, you have the protection of the Lord. Psalm 33, verse twenty. To 21 tells us we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. When we got the shield of the Lord, you have the favor of God. Psalm 5 verse 12 says, for surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. You have the truth of the Lord. Psalm 91 verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings. He who will find refuge, his faithfulness will be your shield and wall. When you got the shield of God, you have the faith of the Lord. Ephesians 6 verse 16 tells us, in addition to all what? This. Take up your what? Shield of faith. With which you can What? extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. When you have the shield of the Lord, you have the salvation of God. Psalm 18 verse 35, you give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. This is the reason Jesus says, Matthew six twenty to 21, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not, Corrupt or destroy where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there, there your heart will be also. For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Character form is the only treasure that we can take to the next world. Nobody knows about sacrifice than Jesus For he is the ultimate. It costs us something to stand in this position before the world. And so it does. But what has our salvation cost the heavenly universe? To make us partakers of the divine nature. Heaven gave its most costly treasure. The son of God. Laid aside his royal robe and kingly crown. And came to our earth as a little child. He came to remind us. That the kingdom of God is the treasure. The treasure of the gospel, the way, the truth, and the life was among them. But they rejected the greatest gift that heaven could bestow. As long as the wine kept flowing, as long as the bread kept coming, as long as there was healing, as long as there were miracles, they would serve the Lord. But they crucified the Lord. Then buried the greatest treasure of all. But because he had power within himself. Amen. Because Jesus had power within himself. I now have a treasure within this earthen vessel. And I wait with exuberant expectation for my Lord and my Savior. I said my My Savior personalize this business. Not ours all the time. It's okay. My Savior. Because you don't know where I've been or where I'm coming from. That's why I can say, my Jesus. Some hope in chariots. Some hope in wealth. But my hope is Jesus and nothing else. Oh, such love, such love and grace lead me to seek my Savior's faith. Some hope in armies and the strength of men. My hope is Jesus who calls me friend. He bears me up if I should fall. My everything, my all in all. Oh, what love is this that knows no bounds to faithfulness? What help will he not give the Son of God through whom I live? Some hope in fortune, some hope in fame. My hope is Jesus' salvation's name, for there he hung and bore my sin that I might live and bear his name. What love is this, the Savior's blood, my righteousness? His wound to make me whole. His sacrifice to save my soul. What love is this that knows no pride or selfishness poured out upon my need? I said it again, my, my need, Lord's work is done and I, I am free. Do you want to be free today? The Lord has done all, all that he can, everything that he can to save you and me. Everything. It's up to you now. What will you do? With Jesus someone here may need a fresh start today somehow you got caught up in the bright lights of Vegas maybe you are not sure ask yourself these questions who has my heart with whom are my thoughts of whom do I love to converse Daniel where's Daniel Okay, yes, get, get my Daniel. Of whom do I love to converse? Who has my warmest affections and my best energies? If you belong to Christ, your thoughts are with him and your sweetest thoughts are of him. All you have is consecrated to him. You long to bear his image, breathe his spirit, do his will, and please him in all things. I asked a question. I know there's someone out there because there's always someone. I know I've studied with some of you already. And some of you are ready. You know everything you absolutely need to know to make a decision for Jesus. This is no playtime. It's not entertainment. It's about life or death. Has always been. Has always been. Daniel is going to play me a little song. You know what I I like? I like that age most. I'm working with youth, right? So if you ask me, Pastor, what's your favorite age to work with? Adrian would say the same thing to you. He's looking at me and looking down. (laughs) The most, and let me tell you why, as Daniel is about to play. Kids at that age, below teen, usually know how important Jesus is. You just tell them Jesus loves you. And they believe it. Yes. They believe it, I tell you. You don't have to give them 27 or uh, 28 fundamental beliefs before they say yes. You just tell them Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. They are ready to say yes. Faster, if you have a crusade, if you had a seminar, the first people to get down here are little kids. In fact, the parents sometimes, the parents kind of shield them, you know, hold them down in the seat, saying, you don't understand. But I, I sincerely believe that the youth, the Holy Spirit, speaks to them, speaks to their minds, and they understand how critical life means when it comes to Jesus. Play for me, Daniel. This is a call. It's not a general call. It's a special call for someone here today who would like to commit to Jesus. You know where you are. You know who with whom are your thoughts, who has your heart. Today, the wrong person may have your heart. And you want to commit to Jesus. You want to say, Jesus, my Lord. I know it's rough. But my Lord, it's tough out here. I'm living in Vegas and It's just like magnet and steel, Father. I want to come to you. Simple call, if you're that person. Why won't you come to the front so we can pray with you? Maybe you have been someone I've been studying with so far. You've done all the lessons, but you haven't made that decision yet maybe you want to walk down to the front today and make a declaration to God I won't be long with this appeal so we need to make this decision right now is there someone maybe there's someone else today who would like to recommit to God Somehow, you've been walking the straight and narrow, and you fell off. That's okay, that's okay. It's okay that you know where you are. That means the Holy Spirit is working with you. Is there someone, before I pray, someone here today would like to commit their life, or his or her life, to the Lord? maybe you're too shy raise your hand I'll see the hand where you are this is the best I can do raise that hand wherever you are as a testimony and as a testament to what you want today making that decision for the Lord the angels are watching the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are seen. The all-seeing eye of God No. All right. I see one little hand right there. Praise the Lord. Yes. And we're doing Bible studies with you. And we will continue to work with you. Is there someone else? I tell you about little kids. They always know what to do. Is there someone else today? Before I close in prayer. It's getting late. Someone else. Raise your right hand wherever you are. All right, I'm going to pray. Bow your heads with me. Father, I know you said to taste and see that the Lord, your Son, is good. And Father, we recognize. That we're living in an awesome time. And Father, I believe that I'll do whatever it takes to invite someone to make a decision. So at this time, maybe during the prayer, Father, while the Holy Spirit is knocking at somebody's heart's door, maybe they want to say yes. The church is praying. And I'm still looking for someone who wants to commit to Jesus today. Someone else. Someone else. Just raise that right hand wherever you are. People gave their lives today. It wasn't easy. It was not easy getting them in that water or for them to get in the water. They will tell you there were many times they cried because they tried and they tried and they tried but is there someone you just need some Bible studies somebody to work with you maybe not to commit to baptism immediately but someone you need to work with you today father we thank you they're yours father And as we leave this place, may we never leave from your presence. Father, we recognize that the glory belonged to you. And so at this judgment hour, O God, we have made our decisions for eternity. Thank you, O God, for hearing and for answering. Let God's people say, Amen.
1: For our benediction, please stand if you can. To whom he is able keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fail and with great joy. to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages and forevermore. Amen
0: Amen. You may be seated.